This is the Sibling Library Podcast. You will know when to start listening when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Welcome, everyone, to Sibling Library, our first episode in uh, 2022. My goodness, thank goodness 2021 is done. Um, anyway, this is the podcast where we read, share, and repeat. My name is Megan. I'm Julia. And I'm Katie. And welcome to our nice little sisterly book club. Um, we're going to start off today with a little... We did this a couple... I don't know, second episode maybe? Second or third episode? Early on, we are in our second year, third year? <laughs> How many years? <laughs> How many years have we been blur. We, we started, started in August, so... We've been in this like pandemic July. for no, a we million years July, already. Didn't we? Did we start in July or August? I think we started in July. Wasn't our very first episode? Summer of 2020, we started. So technically, we are in our, like, if you're counting, we recorded in 2020, 2021. We are now in 2022. So we're in our third year. Um, And one of our, in one of our. That works. That's how it works. (laughs) Someday we'll actually start a show, Click and Play. (laughs) It's part of our charm. (laughs) Sure. I was just going to do that. (laughs) I knew you were. Thank you. Anyway, in one of our earlier episodes, we uh, started off with playing Would You Rather with questions um, having to do with books. And we decided it was time to pull that list back out because it was a question of 100 or a list of 100 questions. And we only did one, two and three. So we're going to pick up at question four. Um, would you rather read only one book in a year and remember everything or read 100 books in a year and remember nothing? (laughs) Considering I I read 150 last year and remember some things, (laughs) can I choose option C? No, (laughs) that's not how would you rather works. You get two options. One or the other. Mm. But what if you really hate the one? I can't risk it. A hundred and remember nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's kind of the direction I was going to go to. Is depends on what the one book is. If it's one that I really, really like, then I would choose that as over remembering nothing. Although it is pretty impressive to say that you read 100 books, but... You can't really claim it because then you can't really talk to anybody about them. So I think either way, I I would go with option one because I'd at least be able to have detailed and intelligent discussion about the one book. I think I would also go with that. Read only one book and remember everything just because I never remember everything from any book, even if I've read it a million times. Like, I never remember everything. So it would be kind of cool to be able to, you know, quote page five out of 525 paragraph two word for word. I just think that would be kind of cool. Agreed. It'd be a weird flex, but it would be fun. 
Yeah, but it would be something to flex. <laughs> All right, next question. Would you rather secretly love a book everyone else hates or secretly hate a book everyone else loves? Mm, they both have their appeal. They do. <laughs> Julia, Julia a headache. Julia can't even. <laughs> <laughs> Julia likes Julia likes to be contrary, so she <laughs> cannot decide. <laughs> she wants both. <laughs> I think okay. I would rather oh, go ahead, Katie. I was going to ask you to read it again. Would you rather secretly love a book that everyone else hates or secretly hate a book that everyone else loves? I think I'd rather secretly love a book that everyone else hates because I'd rather love something than hate it. I was just thinking that I'd rather take the more positive road. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be secretive about it either. I would try to get other people to agree well, with me. In the purpose of this question, you have sure. to be secretive, Katie. <laughs> okay, fine. I couldn't, I couldn't choose option C for the first question. But, well, okay. It wasn't exactly a different option. It was just a twist on one of the options. But I guess you're right. I guess that makes it a different option. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you guys. I'd rather take the path of love. Um, but also, I just never understood those people that I knew in like high school that would love a band until everybody else loved them. And then all of a sudden they, I hate that band. Like, you know what I mean? Like they felt like they discovered that band. And then once everybody else loved them, even though that band hadn't released any new music, they were like, I don't like their music. Very hipster even though of you. They had I, like, that just annoyed me. I was never I one of those people. that's not offensive. Saying something's <laughs> hipster. Yeah. I don't think it is. I don't if know. it offended anyone, I did not mean to offend. Yes, she did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Next one. Would you rather be stuck on a very long plane or train ride without a book? So would you rather be stuck on a plane ride without a book or a train ride without a book? Oh. Train. Yeah. Lots more to look at. Agree. Also, I think if I, I don't think I would want to read on it. I get sick when I read a book in a car. Would I get sick if I read a book on a train? No, I wouldn't. S- I didn't get sick on Bart. <laughs> I was just going to say that out so quickly. Well, yeah, because I rode Amtrak you were riding back up north. Oh, I did not. I couldn't. That would make <laughs> me sick. Not even reading and riding backwards on Bart makes me sick. Interesting. All right. One more. I'm game. Would you rather have someone ruin the ending of a book for you or never finish a book you were reading? Oh, this one's terrible. Like a book and a book that you actually want to finish. Not just one that you're like, eh, I don't want to finish this one. I can't so imagine I'm imagine not doing that. Like, I'd what? rather the ending be ruined because at least I'm still going to finish that book. Yeah. Can't leave it on my Goodreads shelf forever. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with that. I agree too. Yeah. We are so boring. <laughs> Which Why? Because we all agree. <laughs> but we have good reasons.
I've got it. Um, thank you guys for playing Would You Rather with me. It's always kind of fun. Um, so our next bit of our podcast is going to be the main discussion. We're talking about this month uh, books that we either have read this year so far or plan to read that are either going to help us um, on our way towards reaching a goal or towards setting some type of intention for the year 2022. Um, does anybody want to go first? I can go first. Okay. So the book that I chose to read as kind of a resolution type book or, or something that I felt would help me in the coming year is called Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking by Malcolm Gladwell. And the reason I wanted to read this is because I often feel like I am an overthinker and uh, wind a up with a decision maker and a non-decision like maker. I wind up with analysis paralysis when I have too much information or I feel that I don't have the confidence to make a decision with limited information. And I really wanted to try to overcome that. Uh, I have a, a new role at work with more responsibility of leadership and an important part of that is making decisions. So I, I thought it'd be interesting to listen to and maybe get some good information from. Um, I grabbed a summary of the book from a website called Short Form. And uh, they, they stated it really well, so I wanted to just kind of read what they had on there. Uh, it says, in blink, Malcolm Gladwell explores the decisions we make in the blink of an eye. We're often taught to view these snap judgments as inferior decisions based on rational analysis. But what Gladwell shows us is that decisions made intuitively can be as good and sometimes better than conscious decisions. Blink delves into how and why we make the gut decisions we do when it's unsafe to trust our guts and what we can do to make our, all of our snap decisions and judgments smarter, less biased, and more efficient. So a lot of what the book talks about is a concept called thin slicing. And what this is, is it's the process by which our unconscious minds find patterns in situations based on thin slices of our experiences. So our unconscious will pick up on the, the relevant pieces of information and leave out the rest of the information. And um, often you, you feel like you get just a, a gut feeling about something and, and know how you feel about it without really being able to express why. But that's all coming from these, these little nuggets and, and slices of, of information that we've picked up along the way in our lives that we're just kind of intuiting um, as, as we look at something. Um, and one of the things to watch out for, though, when you when you are making snap decisions is that sometimes they can be based on some of our deep seated biases. So it's it's always important to understand what those are so that we um, we can kind of know where some of those things are coming from sometimes and, and have the ability to question ourselves when we're making a, a snap judgment about something that maybe isn't true. And maybe it's based in in just a belief that we have that doesn't allow us to see the whole picture. Um, and then some of the Can other I ask little a question. Yeah, absolutely. Have you started reading this book already or are you just planning yeah. to read it? Have yeah. you, do you have any takeaways or anything that you've noticed about yourself personally that you are willing to share? Um, no, <laughs> you can say no. I, 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 I I'm trying to think about 
I haven't processed it fully in the sense that I um, I don't I can't really yet apply it to a specific example in my life, but I I can say some of the examples that they use within the the writing of the book and what they use to illustrate certain concepts are really interesting. One of them talks about back in the the eighties the the huge competition between Pepsi and Coke because Coca-Cola had always been like the favorite, um, the favorite soft drink of choice and, you know, had very, very loyal and devoted fans and, and, you know, customers that would continue to buy it over and over again. And Pepsi started doing this huge ad campaign where they had like Michael Jackson and huge, athletes at of the time promoting Pepsi, um, lots of young, talented celebrities that that they brought on, brought into the mix. And they started doing this thing called a, a taste test. And they were finding that four out of five people with a taste test preferred Pepsi over Coke. Um, so Coke kind of started to freak out and said, well, if, if that's the case, we're going to lose like the entire market. There's no way if, if four out of five people prefer Pepsi over Coke in a blind taste test, we're going to lose our, we're gonna, basically going to lose our shirts. So they, they wound up um, changing their formula um, and, and the taste of Coke, which had never been changed from the inception of the product. And they found that their, their loyal customers were really upset about that because the, the people that were loyal to Coke were loyal to the brand, not necessarily the taste. So Later on throughout this whole thing, they they found out that, you know, by changing the formula, they actually lost money and lost business. And they also discovered later on that the way that um, the, the taste test was set up, like, A, you never really go about drinking a soft drink blindly. You, you make a choice and you make a choice based on what your preference is. Um, so there's all these other factors that are are coming into your decision making, not just the taste of it. You know, it's your it's your relationship to the brand, and this is you know with with all of the things that we 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 buy. Um, but the other piece of it that was interesting was that the the taste test itself, the way that they ran it, the blind taste test, is each person would just take one sip, and Pepsi was known for like a, a smoother, sweeter, um, less kind of bitey taste. And Coke was known for its bite. It was a little bit harsher and and not as sweet. <clears throat> but what they found was that, sure, the first sip, a smoother, sweeter taste is more enjoyable. But if you're going to sit and drink a whole can, that sweetness can get really cloying on some people. And it's it's not enjoyable for an entire can or bottle or however you're consuming it. So the, it just kind of the takeaway from that was that, you know, even even if the numbers are telling you something that's not the whole picture. And sometimes the more analysis you do, the further away from the answer you can get. So that, that kind of personally gives me a little bit of confidence that, you know, kind of bringing it back to the beginning that you can, you can trust your gut on certain things and you can have confidence in doing that because just kind of knowing that even though it's coming from, things that you can't explain, just knowing that it's it's based on your life's experience and you're, you're getting that intuition from somewhere. It's not coming from nowhere. It was helpful for me to understand. Nice. Katie, that was your one book and you've remembered every detail. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're done for the year. I can quit. I don't get to read. I don't get to read a hundred. Well, I'll read ninety nine more. How about I read a hundred more and don't remember any of those? Can I do both this year? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'm not going to read a hundred books this year. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that was the one that I chose, and um, so far I'm I'm almost to the end of it, um, and so far it's been really interesting. Nice, awesome. All right, Julia, do you are you ready to discuss your goals or intentions for 2022 sure all right take it away uh so i have read a couple so far and then i have a couple in the hopper bringing it back to episode one so i have a couple that i have read already um and then a couple that i'm planning to read um the first one that i read is called the shift Seven Powerful Mindset Changes for Lasting Weight Loss by Gary Foster. And it's actually, it was published by Weight Watchers, I believe. Um, And it's not, it's not a weight loss book per se, Um, but it gives you some ideas on how to better approach weight loss just with some mind shift mindset changes so just like shifting the way you think about things shifting the way you talk to yourself like it all sounds like pretty basic but none of it is easy especially if you're in uh an inherently nasty self-talk circle with yourself yeah um not saying that's me but i'm also not saying that is not me (laughs) did that make sense i think that is a very common trait among women our age um but yeah it gave some just ideas on how to get like approach weight loss with more kindness and grace with yourself um which is something that we should all strive for unless you're perfect and you love yourself not just in Um, weight loss but in mm -hmm. everything yeah and then i I also read um, Feeding the Soul Because It's My Business, Finding Our Way to Joy, Love, and Freedom by Tabitha Brown. And she's just a delightful person to follow on Instagram because she's very positive. And um, a quote from her book uh, resonated with me, and it said, Transformations on the inside always show up as transformations on the outside. So you got to start within before the outside will catch up. It shouldn't all be about the outside. Um, And this book that was really cute and um, because she's really cute, uh, it's a lot about religion, which doesn't necessarily speak to me on as deep a level as it speaks to her. But I appreciate that she is very passionate about it and it brings her a lot of peace and um, comfort. Um, And then a couple of books that I am planning to read is uh, Food Freedom Forever, Letting Go of Bad Habits, Guilt, and Anxiety Around Food by Melissa Hartwig. Um, She's the whole 30 lady, right? Yeah, she goes by Melissa Urban now. So this was uh, published a while ago. But it is um, something that I've been planning to read because I've done a couple of whole 30s and I would be interested to see what this book has to say for food freedom 
rather than doing a whole 30 and like committing to eat as if you're on a whole 30 forever because that is dang hard. Uh yeah, no, whole 30 is not meant to be a lifestyle. No. It's meant to be a figure out what foods screw you up. Mhm. And um other book that I am planning on reading is called and any male listeners we may have, you can probably fast forward a couple of minutes because I'm going to talk about periods. Deal with interesting it. Interesting to some. Um, so I'm planning on reading uh, the Period Repair Manual, Natural Treatment for Better Hormones and Better Periods because PMS sucks and if I can treat it more naturally, that'd be great. Yeah. So that's me, Megan. All right. Well, thank you for sharing, Julia. Um, I am going to go just a little bit of a different route because I have uh, not finished any of the books, but I do have a list of books that I'm planning to read this year. And I have kind of, we I've talked about in the past that I don't really like to set New Year's resolutions because I never fulfill them, but I do like to set kind of goals or intentions that I don't necessarily need to fulfilled by the end of the year, but just something that I set as a goal for myself to to grow in or learn. Um, and that's probably healthier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if one's better than the other, but for me, I just have found that New Year's resolutions I give up in February. And then if I don't try it again until January, like it, there's no point. Um, so It's not a secret that I am into gardening right now. This will be my second full gardening season. So I'm at Megan's Garden (laughs) 11 on Instagram. You can. I I make no promises. It's really just meant to be kind of a garden journal for me personally. Shooting out reels and everything, guys. I have (laughs) shot out a couple reels, but again, mostly just for my own personal enjoyment. Um, But yeah, so in terms of gardening books that I plan to read this year, um, the first one is actually one that I read last year, but I would like to reread it. It's The First Time Gardener by Jessica Sowards, and I just remember getting a lot of good inspiration from that book as well as important knowledge, Um, and I'm sure that reading, because I read that one before I started my first growing season, so I'm sure a lot of the information went over my head, so I want to reread it. Um, just to get a deeper understanding of a lot of the information she gave. Um, Another book that I want to read is called Grow Veg for Free by Hugh Richards. Um, It's interesting. The gardeners, especially in the UK, um, call they they don't say grow vegetables they say grow veg they say and eat veg they they just it it's kind of cute. So I want to read that one. And then I also want to read, I haven't chosen a specific book, but I want to read something written by Charles Dowding. Um, he's a, a really prominent, uh, he also, a really prominent gardener from the UK. He also has a YouTube channel um, and most of his YouTube video, he's a very, he's an older gentleman and just very calm and peaceful. And his videos are very much ASMR not intentionally, I don't think, but like they're very calming to the point that most of them put me to sleep. So I feel like I'll get more out of watching or reading one of his books because I won't be able to just like if I fall asleep, I can just put the bookmark in and come back to it. 
Um, so yeah, those are my, that's my gardening book plan. Um, and then another thing that I, I don't know if I've mentioned on this podcast, but it, it's not something I'm keeping a secret. Um, but I don't know if this would be an intention or a goal or maybe a little bit of both, maybe throw some manifesting in there. Um, but my husband and I are planning to start trying to have kids this year. Um, don't have a time. Well, we do have a timeline, but I'm not going to throw that out on here. Um, but I do one of my, the, that first gardening book written by Jessica Sowards. She also has a YouTube channel called Roots and Refuge. If you're into gardening or homesteading, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. But one of the pieces of advice she gives all the time is to turn your waiting room into a classroom. So if you have a goal or something that you want to accomplish and you're just not in a space either where you're able to do it or it's just not the right time for it to don't just wait for it to like actually spend time intentionally trying to learn more about it so that when that event comes around, you're as prepared for it as you can be. So that's kind of what I'm going for with reading some parenting books. Um, and the ones that I have in the hopper that I'm planning to read, hopefully at some point this year. Uh, the first one I have started, I'm almost done with it actually. It's called How to Tell Stories to Children by Silka Rose West and Joseph Sarasi. And it's very flowery um, and kind of hippie, um, but it's kind it's really kind of cool. Um, one of my main takeaways from it, it's actually something that I'm right now able to apply as a teacher, but I should have brought it with me. I don't have it, but there was some study done that if you present information in the form of a narrative story, so something with a plot and characters, and you present the same information as like an expository essay, so just like information written out in article form, like the amount of information that, first of all, the narrative story can be read twice as fast as the article and the amount of information that is remembered going forward is like twofold more than even more than what that is makes so much sense. Right. So like you can learn the same exact things, but uh, you'll remember it a lot better if it's presented as a story. Um, and it's just about like building connection with your child through storytelling and starting early, like starting before they're even really able to comprehend stories, but building a bridge with them through like some type of object that is that they're familiar with, tell a story about it. And as you get better at storytelling, you can use it for use the stories for soothing them when they're upset or using them for teaching moments Um that you can, you know, teach the child important skills without making putting pressure on them. Um, like they'll be able to recognize that the characters in there are related to them, but you're not saying like if you have a child named Bob, you're not saying this child named Bob did this, this, and this. Like that's calling them out. Whereas if you're saying the turtle who didn't want to carry his backpack or he didn't want to carry his shell had to, I don't know. Anyway. Um, it's it's interesting so far, but it is kind of flowery, kind of hippie. So I will take some key takeaways from it. Um, but I, it, yeah, anyway. Um, and then the two other books that I have on my list um, that I had marked as want to read on Goodreads are uh, the first one is 
Raising Good Humans, A Mindful Guide to Breaking the Cycle of Reactive Parenting and Raising Kind, Confident Kids by Hunter Clark Fields. That sounds like something I would like to learn how to do. Um, And then the second one is The Self-Driven Child, The Science and Sense of Giving Your Kids More Control of Their Lives by William Stixred and Ned Johnson. Also sounds like something I would like to accomplish, so. Those are those are my goals. I also would like to find a book about just keeping one alive. So if anybody has any recommendations about that, what let me know. What to expect when you're expecting <laughs> has books for like when the kid is out too. Okay, I'll look into that. No hard-hitting questions for me, you guys? Well, you haven't read any of them, so... You kind of cheated. I read most of the one. I read the, <laughs> I told you the first gardening most book is going to be a reread. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your, what was your favorite? What was the, the, the best takeaway from that book that was the most impactful to your garden this past season? Um, Just the whole, <laughs> you can ask Chris, the, if we were to go back to January of 2021, I was stressing about having a garden, even though, like, Chris and I, we have food security. Like, the garden is really just a fun hobby for me, um, and we get to to harvest food from it fairly often, every so often. Um, but January and February of 2021, I was, like, freaked out. I was like, Chris, like, can I, can I do this? Will I succeed at this? And he was like, <laughs> you're gonna be fine like (laughs) what does it even matter if everything dies um but one of the the gardening book the one of the items that I keep thinking back on that was really helpful to kind of reframe in my mind that this isn't like life or death this is something that is cool this is an experiment I'm going to learn from this I'm going to learn different things every week probably from this but the thing that allowed me to take some of that self-imposed pressure off of myself was um, she wrote that if you put a seed in the ground, it naturally wants to grow. Like you're not trying to coax something to do something unnatural. So as long as you give a seed the right conditions, which really is just healthy soil, sun and water, it's going to grow. So, like, that just was, I don't know what it was about that passage, but it just, I was like, oh, okay, I can do this, and I can have fun with this. Um, so, yeah, and she just has a lot of, like, tidbits like that that are really inspiring and uh, very welcoming. She is very much wanting to inspire an entire generation of gardeners. Like, she's not pretentious or anything like that she she's it's kind of like ratatouille she thinks anyone can garden just like anyone can cook anyone can garden so that's that's what's bringing me back to that book all right well thank you guys for partaking in that conversation that was a lot of fun to close out this episode we are going to revisit our yola boca flawed books uh, in December, we talked. Did we talk about it in December? 
we made I recommendations. It was our, our, our roundup for December, yes. Okay, so for our roundup for December, we made recommendations for different age levels, I believe, for Yola Boca Flat books. Um, and we are now going to talk about what books we received for our Yola Boca Flat Secret Santa that we did as a family. Katie, what did you get? I received a book, a lovely book from Megan's husband, Chris. He knows that I am a Harry Potter fan and he got me a book that I do not have with me at the moment. So I do not remember the name of it, but it is basically a daily dose of Harry Potter for each day of the calendar year. So each um, there's a passage from one of the books for every single date. And it's, it's a lovely little sentiment. There's some nice illustrations in there. And it, it, was, it was just a beautiful gift. And I really appreciate it. And what did you give? Oh, what did I give? I actually, I had Chris. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, so I got Chris um, from a hot tip from Megan as to what it was he might appreciate. Um, he was interested in possibly reading Dune in preparation for the the new film coming out, but wasn't sure he wanted to commit to the books themselves. They're pretty dense. So I got him the uh, the new graphic novel that came out this past, I think it came out this past year. Um, and it covers, it's volume one of Dune, which basically covers about what the first movie covers as well. And I got him a, a prequel graphic novel as well to go along with it. Can I tell you a secret? Mm-hmm. He might have gotten a hot tip about what to get you to. Uh, I kind of figured that. <laughs> <laughs> I was dishing out the hot tips myself. Yeah, I couldn't get any hot tips from Julia because I had Julia. Oh, Ooh, what did I get you, Julia? You got me The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson. And on the front, it says it is an unputdownable work that holds real cultural significance. Um, I have not read it yet, but I'm looking forward to reading it. I do believe that you have read this for a book club and you have talked about it on the show before. Yes and yes. Um, And... The book that I gave is what you're going to talk about, Megan, because I had you. You did have me. Yeah. Julie and I had each other, and Katie and Chris had each other. It was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there weren't we that many names to pick from. Eight. Cool. Nobody picked themselves. Luckily. That is also true. That was kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, Julia got me... Uh, The Christmas Pig by J.K. Rowling, um, a child's book about uh, a little boy who has a stuffed animal who he absolutely loves, a stuffed pig to be exact. Um, And at some point, I won't say how or why, but he loses that pig and gets a replacement pig. And but he wants the original pig back. So on Christmas Eve, all of the toys come alive and the replacement pig takes the little boy into the land of the lost to go find his original pig. Um, It's really cute. It's really fun. I read it. um, 
I can't. Did I finish it before Christmas or I don't remember. I fin. I read it the week of Christmas. I think I finished it before Christmas. Um, and it it was a lot of fun. It was really cute. I can definitely picture myself reading that with uh, my children some Christmas down the road here. So thank you, Julia. I enjoyed it a lot. I think you'll like it too whenever you get a chance to read it. You're welcome. Well. This felt like a really short episode, so I was thinking, did you guys have any favorite books from 2021 that you wanted to shout out? Katie? In fact, I might. Yeah, I had I had a couple that, as I was reading through my, my Goodreads list, I remembered uh, really enjoying, and a lot of it had to do with things that happened throughout the year, so... The first one that as I was I was scrolling through my my read list was Something is Killing the Children, which is a comic book series uh, written by James Tyrion, nope, Tynion, and the art is done by Werther Deladera, colors by Miguel Muerto. And the reason I am going to remember that book is because I dressed up as the main character from it for Halloween. Uh, her name is Erica Slaughter, and it was perfect for especially a pandemic Halloween because she wears like a handkerchief around her face with these teeth on it. And my husband made matching ones for myself and my dog Solo. So we got some good pictures out of that. Um, the second one that I that really stood out to me was the unauthorized story of Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion by our good friend Jeff Bam. I really I. I soaked up that story. I read it in just a weekend and um, I, I got to learn a lot about a place that I really enjoy going with my family. Um, and we had a really great discussion with him and got even more information. You really enjoy going, <laughs> huh? You like going to Disneyland. And I do in doses. In yes. moderation. In moderation. I, it must be moderation. Every Fair couple enough. of years, I'm I'm happy with that. Um, and then the last book that I, I really wanted to, uh, reflect on and, and say that it was one, was one of my favorites from the year was Code Talker, a novel about the Navajo Marines of World War II by Joseph Brukak. Um, because I, it, it really, I really liked the, the way that we went into recording that episode, really thinking about looking at a story and thinking about it from the perspective of, getting to see into a window of, of something that, you know, is, is very different from our own experience. And it, it made me read the story a little bit differently as opposed to just reading it as a story. It, it made me even more empathetic towards the, the main characters. And, and I loved our discussion on that too. So a lot of what I'm finding that stands out to me has to do with these discussions that we're having with each other afterwards and, I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. I enjoy it too. Julia, any standouts from 2021? Uh, I started and finished the first manga series I've ever read. Nice. It's called The Promised Neverland, and I am blanking on the authors. Um, but if you search The Promised Neverland, um, it should come up. There's 20 books, and I read them all last year. Awesome. Very good. My turn? Mm-hmm. 
think so. Okay. Um, I just want to shout out, I think, I mean, I had a lot of books that I really enjoyed in 2021, but I want to shout out one that I don't know that I ended up mentioning on the podcast. Um, It's, did I talk about Verity? I know I told you guys like in IRL in real life about Verity by Colleen Hoover, but I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast. Um, If I did, I apologize. I'm going to talk about it again, but Verity by Colleen Hoover, it's um, very twisted, um, but very unput downable. Like once you pick it up, you can't put it down. Um, But it has uh, hints of Gillian Flynn novels. So like Gone Girl and Dark Places, like those types of books, it definitely is a similar type of storytelling tactic to those. Um, But really, really good. Uh, there There were moments I went through all the emotions with it, like happiness, sadness, anger. I wanted to throw it across the room a couple times and almost did. I almost actually put it down because I was so upset and I almost abandoned it and didn't finish it, but I'm glad that I did finish it. So recommend, um, but definitely if you are have a hard time with dark and twisty things, which I usually also do, um, it definitely you, it might not be for you. Um, but I enjoyed it. So Verity by Colleen Hoover. All right. Well, this was so much fun, you guys. I can't wait to do this for a whole nother year, maybe some more than another year, (laughs) but until next time, read, share, and repeat. Bye. 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 I can't believe you just waved. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the only one that waved? Yeah. Yeah. Deal with it. That brings us to a close on this chapter of Sibling Library. Thank you for listening. Until next time, let's read, share, and repeat.